0: Welcome to Old Fashioned Finance, the podcast that mixes cocktails and high finance. I'm your host, Jason Demland, and I am joined as always, and in the future, by my good friend and fellow money muddler, Caleb Frankert. Jason, can a podcast about
1: finance be entertaining? Not without alcohol. Well, alright, let's mix it up. Ching-a! Whatever that was. It was an excited
0: noise. Ching-a! Ching-a.
1: You know, I don't know what that was. I don't
0: onomatopoeia. Don't onomatopoeia. Well, that'd be written down, right? Yeah.
1: How do you spell onomatopoeia? I don't know. It's actually not that hard. I don't. I don't believe. Is it phonetic? Sorry,
0: Just like I'm I'm
1: still in spelling bee mode.
0: <laughs> yeah, we've got great news. Your little yeah. girl is a super speller. Turns out she takes after <laughs> not me. No, I'm a good speller though. Actually, eh, well, not bad. I would. You need spell check, like. Less than the average. My little fourth
1: grader made it to the countywide spelling bee. You had to be top two in your school. I was only top three in my school, so I did not go. So she's already outachieved me in so many ways. But Yeah. Yeah. She did a great job. She did real good. Windbaggery was the word that she went out on. She'll never um, forget it. No, never. Just
0: like I'll never forget Tutu, which oh. is what I got out on when I T- was the you? defending champion. Yeah, defending champion. Wow. And I got out on the most humiliating word possible. Is there a hyphen in Tutu? I don't think so it's okay. just to you to you
1: that was one of the rules in the spelling bee that they made very clear no hyphens no capitalization this is get down to it spelling just the just yeah. letters just le- the just letters parts. folks this is just yeah. letters <laughs> <laughs> this ain't no slashy <laughs> uh, cool we're very proud awesome. of her she was six out of 20 and there was another little fourth grader that was fifth wow these, um, this I class told, yeah i told those girls from she was a different school but afterwards they know each other apparently i said you two are gonna own this thing if you keep it
0: up stick in it hopefully they didn't what's that thing where you peak too soon
1: oh what i
0: did yeah
1: <laughs> yeah yeah. hopefully <laughs> Peek no, too soon
0: hopefully, i think it's called <laughs> peaking too soon well uh, hopefully not hopefully they're they've got a long awesome career ahead of them
1: yeah Oh, i'm sure they full do. full of letters hopefully more behind their name than I have. Yeah, like
0: Juris Doctor yeah, or Medical cool. Doctor. None of the other ones matter.
1: Yeah, NBA. really. <laughs>
0: All right, well, how's your day going? It's great. I'm excited for this episode that we're recording today. We are going to tackle a drink I have no idea about and still have remained blissfully ignorant about until I see it. It looks delightful. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk about a finance topic that is a little on the fringes, but Nonetheless, awesome. Yeah, I think that it'll be applicable to many of you out there. And if it's not directly to you, you can blow someone's mind with this technique.
1: Yeah, we're talking about the scoff law,
0: scoff law, and mega backdoor Roths. Yeah, or mega
1: Roth conversions
0: Roth backdoors.
1: Yeah, however you want to slice it. Um, I chose scoff law, Jason, because this one sounds too good to be true. Like, surely this is not going to fly under the tax code. But you know what I always say? You work that tax work code. I scoff at <laughs> the tax law. And you know what? As of the time of this podcast being recorded, the Build Back Better plan has not been passed. Therefore, mm-hmm. we're good. We're good. Yeah, we can all, still we, do we this. We're in
0: danger of losing some of these. Tricks, yeah, the Roth conversion tricks, the the backdoor Roth contributions, and we did lose some of the recharacterizations. We're not here to talk about that. No, this, as of this recording, is, is good still to go. A viable strategy,
1: very viable.
0: Before we dive into that, Caleb, yep. let's loosen up, yeah, and let's try a scoff law. Let's try and it, and you tell me what this is all about.
1: I was real excited about the scoff law because I consider myself a Seinfeld aficionado, and I considered you a Seinfeld aficionado yeah, too. And I said, "Jason, the drink for today, the scofflaw." And you go, "Scofflaw? Can yes. you use it in the form of a sentence? Yeah. Can you use it in a sentence? Country of origin? <laughs> you spelling beat it. I'm like scofflaw, man. You know, like the Seinfeld episode when Newman had all the parking tickets.
0: He no, was the yeah. white whale. I had no- when we, when we, when this podcast officially fails, and we do a Seinfeld <laughs> and finance podcast. I will I will get up on them. I, I like it.
1: Uh we should do one of those like real soon. I'm for it. <laughs> okay. As soon as this one fails. <laughs> Let's push through. Let's fail fast. All right. So the scofflaw was a drink that was created back in, around prohibition times. This term was coined during prohibition, scofflaw. All right. I thought you'd heard of this term before. Is it but just
0: like, like it sounds? Like, yeah, scofflaw. Scoff. Uh, people
1: who were I basically at laughing at the prohibition laws. <laughs> yeah. They were called scofflaws. Got it. All right. All right. So uh, this drink was named after uh, scofflaws. It's scuffla. fun to say it. flop. It makes me think of Newman all the time. It's a great episode. Kramer wears a, a pirate. He wears he wears a uh, an eye patch like a pirate. It, it's shortly after the puffy shirt episode because Jerry goes, "What are you doing? You're wearing an eye patch. You look like a pirate." And Kramer goes, "I don't want to be a pirate." <laughs> referring
0: to Jerry, not yeah. Remember the puffy shirt. Yeah, I, I don't want to be a pirate.
1: Shirt. Okay, sorry. Off track, but anyway, uh, yeah. So the scoff law. Uh, this one came out of Harry's New York bar in
0: Paris. Okay, very Remember, famous. We've talked about yes, this one. Very, before. very famous bar.
1: Not Harry Craddock. No. However, Harry Craddock, the Savoy Cocktail Book fella, the thief of cocktail recipes, he ripped off some of the, this. Uh, the other Harry. Uh, it was Mick something. Harry uh, Mick Mc- cocktail. Mick Bard. Yeah, anyway, Mac. Uh, Start with an E. We're going to get there. McElhoney or something like oh, that? Oh, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: something around there.
1: So this drink was created over there. It is in the Savoy cocktail book, but what we're drinking looks a lot different than what was in the cocktail book. So get this, Jason. A scofflaw. This is how it's listed in Savoy's cocktail book. One dash orange bitters. A third Canadian club whiskey. <laughs> a third French vermouth. One sixth lemon juice. One sixth grenadine. Shake well and strain into a cocktail glass. I don't know. That doesn't do much for me.
0: I don't know. David
1: Wondrich uh, <laughs> also mentioned that this didn't do a lot for a whole lot of people. Okay. However, this drink has survived. And what we're drinking today is a little bit different. All right. An improved version, I it's hope. It's an improved version. We've got two ounces of rye whiskey. You could do this with bourbon, too, if you wanted. But most recipes call for a rye. Sure. Power We've got one ounce of dry vermouth. We have a quarter ounce of lemon juice or lime juice. Seems like they're pretty interchangeable really? with the different okay. recipes. I use lime because...
0: Lemon is like, it just punches you in the it, mouth. It
1: really so. does. And lime all right. usually all right, all right, is all right. a little bit uh, more enjoyable, I guess. Uh, yeah. And then one to two dashes of grenadine, which really changes the color of this one.
0: Yeah, I got a real...
1: Uh, and then one dash of orange bitters. Looking. You know me. I'm always a little heavy on the bitters. So if it says one, I go two. That's what we got. That's what we're drinking today. Haven't tried this yet. Let's do it. Jason, Bottom's cheers. Up. Have a tipple. Ooh. What is that? I don't know. That's, that's, I like it. That's delightful. I think that rye and dry vermouth is a weird combination. That was, that's what I was a little bit worried about. Sort of like the Brooklyn.
0: Yeah. We didn't, we didn't really like that. We thought you might as well go with a real Manhattan. I sweet vermouth. I'm a dessert fan, Mm -hmm. a sweet tooth famously. And infamously, not famously, it's more (laughs) than famous. Hmm. I don't know. I think the grenadine is replacing the sweetness of a red red vermouth. There's plenty vermouth. of sweetness in the it's grenadine. It's very sweet. Yeah. It's got what kind of rye did you use in this? Uh, this is just
1: bullet rye. Yeah, nothing fancy. So a higher rye. It is it's, high. Yeah, it's, it's high rye. It's not a spicy rye though. No, I, I wouldn't. But it say is that. a little
0: stronger. You can taste that rye coming through, and <laughs> like just have a rogue. W- That's rye, right? That's this is oh, a spicy okay. one. Yeah, I, I like it. This is an interesting drink, Caleb. I would it be in a martini or Manhattan family It seems uh, close. that's where I'm whiskey it, it of... is right down the middle it's, I declare it's it good. enjoyable it's yeah, enjoyable I, I like this
1: y'all should try this at home if you mm-hmm. uh if you're following along they if have you the like the to golf mix up law wrinkles. while you're skirting IRS <laughs> rules <laughs> yes well you're not really skirting because so I mean it's sure. just working that tax code right yeah, now. We're,
0: this is totally legal, and we're driving right up the middle while we yeah. scoff it at these rules. It is totally legal until it's not. Actually, and you know. once it's not, then
1: you better stop it. But as of now, it's legal. And you know who writes these tax codes. Yeah. But, I, I mean. That's what I was going to say. It's for rich people, the ultra-rich, this to uh, take advantage. Congressmen,
0: so. buddies, and senators write up these loopholes for themselves and their friends. They like this. And we're going to try to take advantage of it, too, as decent humans that aren't politicians. Well, I
1: like the drink. I like the topic. Let's move into the finance, Jason. Let's dive right in. All right. So first of all, mega backdoor Roth. This is something that you, know, you and I talked to before. Uh, we talked about before. Unless you're in this business, you probably are not familiar with this term. So Jason, explain a little bit what exactly it is we're talking about. And uh, I guess we can get into who who it makes sense for and go. From yeah, there.
0: I don't I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about Roth IRAs and traditional IRAs. We've got mm-hmm. we've got episodes where we've talked about that. Uh, you can Google that if you want to know contribution limits and that sort of thing. But but as a proper startup, if you make too much money, you cannot contribute to a Roth IRA. And mm-hmm. we are huge fans of the Roth IRA. Absolutely, there are ways to get money into a Roth IRA, like a backdoor Roth contribution. But we're not talking about that either. We're jumping right into the Mega. Roth contribution. Yeah, this is
1: very similar, but it's just mega instead of regular type.
0: Yeah, and we'll tell you how you get there. (laughs) So basically, you make a lot of money. You don't qualify for a Roth IRA contribution the good old-fashioned way, but you still want to sock a bunch of money into a Roth IRA. This is how you do it. This can get you up to... Up to $40,000 this year, right? 40500 40, Yeah, into a Roth IRA this year if you make more than the contribution limit. And you know, Jason, I don't
1: know this off the top of my head, but if you are 50 and older, I think you might get the catch up on your side too.
0: Yeah, I think you do. Yeah. Well, I don't know. So,
1: okay. Uh, we'll as of now, 20500 is what you can contribute to an IRA, uh, tax deferred. 401k. I mean a 401k. Wow scofflaw yeah the
0: law. okay so that's an in that's (laughs) hey thanks for
1: being here (laughs) jason
0: that's an important differentiation so we're gonna have to use a 401k to do this yeah uh so you can't we're getting the money into a Roth IRA, but it's going to start in your 401 k. And there's a lot of rules. Yeah, there's a lot of room for mistakes with this strategy. So before we even get into it, I you don't you should not do it on your own out there. No, absolutely you, not. You need, this is
1: this could be a recipe for a disaster. I,
0: I know CPAs that don't even know that this exists. And I thought you were going to
1: say I know CPR. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Scuff I don't know. Law. <laughs> Scuff I law. do not know CPR, but I've seen it on TV. Mm. Uh, I know that there are CPAs that don't know how this works, which mm-hmm. is al- alarming and even more alarming. Well, maybe it's less alarming. There's way more financial advisors that don't know how to do this. So if, if you're going to do this, you need a professional that's got some experience with it. So there's the disclaimer right off the bat. So I w- let's dive in. You, you make a lot of money and you want to save more you i do in this hypothetical oh, okay. situation the,
1: oh gotcha yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> pretend, No, i'm with you i'm with you. pretend that I'm, you make a lot now. of money
0: <laughs> and we want to put money into your roth ira we've okay. exhausted the regular old backdoor roth ira yep now we're going to go dive into the mega backdoor roth okay so we've got to set up set the stage for it caleb all right let's you need to have, first of all you need to have a 401k
1: I got got it. Well, In I don't, but... In this situation... Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this situation where I'm making lots of money... You.
0: I have a 401k... Yeah, great. Can, <laughs> does that mean you can do this mega backdoor Roth right away?
1: Uh, Maybe not. Maybe.
0: It, how do <laughs> I know? Well, it, it alone is not the only criteria, Caleb. <laughs> no, there's a few things that are, are required. Prerequisites, yeah. if you so will. So I don't want to get everybody's hopes up out there. You, you <laughs> might not be able to do it. A lot of 401ks are, are more restrictive than this. So the, the first rule, you have to have a 401k at all. And then well, that 401k has to allow for after-tax contributions. Yeah you get to after-tax contributions, Caleb, you you already have to be saving.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. And from this article that I read, I think you might've looked at the same one. As -hmm. of now, about 43% of 401k plans out there will allow for an Mm after-tax contribution. So you might fit in this uh, category of someone who could really benefit from this program or this strategy. strategy. And and you might really, you might be shut down. If, If you get past gate one, Gate two, there's less than a 50 50 chance that you've got that too. But if you do and you pass through the second gate, what's the other thing we got to look for?
0: Y- well, you. You need to it needs to allow this first gate is allowing for after-tax contributions. Yeah yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I guess
1: that's the second gate. I'm sorry. Well have a 401k. Have a
0: 401k available to you. Yeah. Second ofly, you need <laughs> your 401k plan needs to allow after-tax contributions. Uh-huh. And that's what you're referring to. Is yeah, less yeah, than yeah. half less than half of 401k plans allow that at all. Right. And you need to be maxing out your pre-tax. Well, it doesn't have to be pre-tax. If you have a Roth 401k. Your regular contribution limit in 2022 is, do you have that number, 20,500? 20,
1: 20,500, unless you're 50 and older, and then it bumps up to, what, Another. 26, 10, 26 10, 5, think, or 27. It's an extra 6,500 bucks. Yeah yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 that's it, <laughs> math. So let's just say, you have to already be taking advantage of that. You're probably already getting a match. So you're already saving quite a bit.
1: Yeah. Good now, job, by the way. Yeah. Oh, step two. Pat yourself on yeah, the back. Good
0: job. You're <laughs> saving uh, uh,
1: at a good rate, but you want to save more. I guess that would be step three, right? Because it's after gate 2 I've totally <laughs> lost track of our steps. <laughs> scoff law.
0: The scoff law. Okay. So quick recap. You need to have a 401k. The 401k itself needs to offer after-tax contributions. And you need to be taking advantage of the before-tax contributions or tax... Def- not... Before tax, well, in the case of the Roth ones, in the case of
1: the contribution, i just say contribution D- limits here. But then there's yet another gate that you have to pass through. Yeah. So
0: this is so we've you can put after-tax money into a 401k, and really that just means you're saving money into your 401k. You're getting taxed on it uh, out of your paycheck, but it's before you're taking it home and putting it into the bank. It's going into the 401k plan, mm-hmm. and it is subject to 401k rules. So. As you're saving up in there, what's the total limit that you can put into your 401k? Do you have that handy? Uh,
1: The total we're looking at for
0: 2022, $61,000. $61,000 is the total of the money that you can put into your 401k plan.
1: Well, that's with the match. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. With your, sorry. Here we go, Scofflaw. The tax deferred plus the, after you pass through these different gates and you have the non-deferred. Yeah.
0: This after-tax money yes. that's not getting any special tax treatment. It's getting yes. taxed, and then it's growing, and then you'll pay tax on it when you take it out. So what do you do with it? It's just growing up in there after-tax. You need to take it out. This is where we're going to put it into a Roth IRA. Yeah, this Th- and
1: this is where it gets delicate, by yes. the way. <laughs>
0: there is there is currently no, no problem with taking after-tax money out of a 401k, which is a qualified retirement plan, mm-hmm. and moving that money converting that money, I guess, into a Roth IRA. You're allowed to move it. But most yeah. 401k plans won't allow you to take money out until you've retired yeah. or you quit. You're talking about it, what you need is an in-service distribution yes.
1: here. And you said converting, right? Because it's, it's technically at this point, because it's not tax deductible when it goes in, you're not really converting anything. Right. And, and again, this isn't the Roth conversion episode, but similar, right? This is
0: similar. The same rules kick You've in. You've already paid taxes
1: on that money. There's really no conversion. Um, so the money has been taxed. It goes in. You're just rolling it out at that yeah, point. You
0: can do an in-service withdrawal and like to like works in this case. It's after tax to an after tax retirement account, yep. um, from an after tax retirement account. So right now it seems like it's too good to be true, but for now, this is a loophole that was attempted to be closed, Yes. Uh, but it's still open and that allows you who make a lot of money to put in far more than the $6,000 that you got punished for making. too? Like yeah, you, that you could put $6,000 in until you made too much money. Now you can put $38,000 in. And,
1: and you know, this isn't a political commentary, but midterm elections are this year already. Here we go. Yeah, uh, I don't see anything getting done to prevent this through the rest of the year. No, I quite think honestly. it's a viable
0: strategy for 2022. But let, let's recap those those rules again, go,
1: go back through the gates. The you gates. have a 401k gate one. What's gate two, Jason?
0: you Your plan, Oh, well, you need to make your regular contributions up to your contribution limit.
1: Okay. The okay. next one is you have to be able to make after-tax contributions to your 401k. That's a
0: 401k rule. It will vary by plan provider and where you work.
1: The next one is it should allow for...
0: In-service withdrawals, which means it lets, they let you take your money out without a penalty or without a hardship deferral or whatever before your retirement age or before you separate service so you're still working there. And and I would say
1: my commentary on this is there are more and more plans that are allowing for this. Uh it used to not be the case, but uh, I would say over the last few years we've seen a, a lot of plans adapting to the in-service withdrawal. Yeah, and withdrawal. if you plus
0: if you run the company and you want to take advantage Bingo. of this, you Yeah. You might have to spend some money updating your 401k plan.
1: What about a solo 401k?
0: Yeah, you can do this. Yeah, see? Yeah, it's pretty awesome if you're self-employed and it's just you. That's pretty great. You should take advantage of this. Yeah. It's an underutilized strategy, mostly because it's fairly rare to have available. And it's rare to make it through all those gates. Not everyone is maxing out their 401k and mm-hmm. wants to save more. But a lot of people are, especially at the financially independent retire early crowd that's really hustling on this fire fire. They need to get money into a Roth. <laughs> they do also want some after tax money anyway. But this is a great strategy for them. Um, Caleb, do you want to talk about some of the some of the problems that can arise from this. You know,
1: this could be the scofflaw talking, Jason, but what comes to my mind is be careful of the pro rata rule. How how does it apply here? You you've handled one of these recently, have you not?
0: Well, yeah, so or in the process of I, I, And I'm not exactly sure how much it applies to money that is saved pre like pay from your payroll into the 401k as after tax and then rolled to a Roth. With regular Roth conversions, like Mm -hmm. a lot of people, if you don't know, this is a little bit of an aside, but it's a very parallel argument strategy. If you don't qualify for Roth contributions because you make over the limit, and I I don't know what that is off the top of my head, it was one hundred eighty nine thousand for married two hundred.
1: Uh, call it 200000 200, at this uh, right. point, so adjusted if ma- gross income. Yeah. yeah,
0: if you're making more than $200,000 a year, you can't contribute to a Roth IRA. You can contribute to a traditional IRA. Everyone can. Everyone can. You just can't deduct right. the money that you put in. Right. Uh, so that money is put into a, non, or to a traditional IRA that's non-deductible, and then you can convert it to a Roth IRA. That's called the backdoor Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. It's pretty common, and you should be doing that as well if you're thinking about a mega Roth
1: Make sure Backdoor your tax wealth. person knows about that, by the way. Yeah,
0: you have to communicate so clearly with them uh, because the the codes on the 1099s don't, don't always show that you were doing right.
1: this. And I think a lot of people just assume, well, when I bring my tax docs, they're going to know. No, not the case. Mm-hmm. And you might even think, well, it's a net neutral, right? There's nothing actually that changes because I already paid. You still need to let your tax person know when you do this.
0: Yeah. Well, it's really important to be communicating whenever you're doing a work that tax code strategy like mm-hmm. this so back to this pro rata rule yeah, yeah yeah let's say you you want to do a backdoor roth contribution basically you got a whole bunch of ira money but if you have ira money that you have you have deducted like it's pre-tax money it hasn't been taxed yet right and you have money that has already been taxed but it's in iras mm-hmm. this is this activates what the irs calls the cream in the, coffee, cream the, the rule. coffee you can't yeah. get the cream out it's mixed in they're going to count all your iras it doesn't matter if one of them is uh, non-deductible, and the other one was already deductible.
1: Right. So when it comes out, it all comes out proportionately, just That's like right. the cream and the coffee. So if
0: you only had $10,000 of your $1 million of IRAs that is non-deductible and you yeah. try to convert the $10,000, 10, they are not going to allow that.
1: Biggest mistake that people make when yeah. they do Roth conversions... So in, in my mind, when I think about doing a mega, it's something that I should be, well, let's see if it's a problem for a Roth conversion or right, a backdoor uh, Roth, should it be something that we're keeping our eye on for a mega backdoor Roth?
0: Yeah, I think that it's worth being a lot cleaner for uh, yeah. to, or to watch out for that because to avoid that cream in the coffee rule… A way that you can get out of it, and a reason that I don't think this applies to the mega, is to totally get out of this problem of the cream and the coffee rule. Are you you talking about rolling your traditional You can take all of your IRAs and put it into your 401k, and then you can convert out of that. And I know people do that, but you avoid the pro rata rule doing it that way. That's highly technical. We don't need to get into all of that. It may be boring you now. (laughs) The important thing is that you know that it exists. You know that there are ways that you can contribute to a Roth IRA and your financial advisor should be exploring that with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you might not be able to do it. And a lot of people don't even try because it's a lot of work. Yeah. And you and I, how much extra money do we make?
1: Uh, well, actually, I was going to say this is usually a negative, a net negative for financial advisors because, well, the way that we get yeah. paid, it's uh, based on assets under management. Unless, so. you're,
0: unless you're charging for engagement or hourly or something like that, which isn't that common. But is it the right thing to do? absolutely yes
1: you got to look into is it, it adding massive value yes yeah can are we allowed to say massive value is that i don't think term it's trade point okay i
0: mean <laughs> are we adding really big amounts of value <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yeah usually so that that's another i think when you you know if your financial advisor is bringing this up to you think about it if they're telling you hey move your money from the accounts that i manage for you to your 401k think yeah. about that He's probably got your best interest. He or she probably has your best interest in, in mind when he uh, says to do that, right? Because wow. he's usually not getting paid on assets that he's not managing. Very rarely so. is, he, is he getting, he or she, getting paid
0: on assets they're not managing. Yeah, so I hope, I, hope, <laughs> I, hope, I hope they're acting in your best interest if they're doing that or, well, or it's weird.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is a very complex strategy. And obviously, Jason, when we talk about this, we've already gone through three or four different gates to even get there, yeah. to even see if we can do it. Uh, you know, not to mention we're talking about saving sixty thousand dollars for retirement, roughly. Yeah. There's not a lot of people doing that. So, is this kind of a niche? Is this um, is this applicable to everybody? No. However, if you've gotten through all those gates and saving that amount of money is not a problem and you'd like to save more, this is definitely a strategy that you need to look at if you check boxes A, B, C, and D, right? Yeah. Um, let's talk uh, real, real quickly as we kind of wrap this up. Who is this really geared towards? Who is this ideal for?
0: It's ideal for high-income earners. So people that are making a lot of money a year, it's it's ideal for anybody that can and wants to save over $60,000 a year for retirement. Mm-hmm. And that can be a lot of different people. It can be high income earners. It can be people that have inherited income producing yes, assets and absolutely. their income is is high for a little while. So think of inherited IRA. We just did right. an episode on that a little while ago. And, and if you can replace your income with your inherited IRA for a while and you can defer your other income, Bingo. you might be able to take care of this strategy and get that money into a Roth IRA when you otherwise wouldn't have been able to.
1: We, we talked about this off off camera and off microphone earlier. <laughs> in secret. You know, uh, from an inherited asset point of view, you might be forced to take income that you normally wouldn't take. This is another way to make that work in your favor. No, it's not a direct. You can't take an inherited IRA and move it to uh, a, a Roth IRA. Yeah. Or for, but this is a way where you can take it out of this pocket, put it in this pocket, same thing. And you,
0: and you benefit from the tax deferral. Yeah. It's it's awesome. You're working that tax code. I got one other addendum to this. Okay. And I think people will ask, how do I know? How do I find out if I can do this? Mm. And it really is as simple as calling your 401k provider i do it yourself. Mm-hmm. They don't let people like us just talk to them about your account. No. And, or I would happily do it. <laughs> and we know all the questions asked. But basically, you want to get a hold of somebody. If your 401k is through a giant provider like Fidelity or yeah. whoever, call them. Tell them your information. Tell them you're part of the plan. Ask if your plan takes after-tax contributions. If your plan uh, offers in-service withdrawals. And just say, I want to do a mega backdoor Roth IRA. Find somebody who knows what that is there. And you can find yeah. out if you can do it.
1: And here's what I would say too: like if you're going to call a company like like a Fidelity or something like that, there are very qualified, pretty intelligent people answering <laughs> the phones there most of the times. Sometimes <laughs> Some, if might they're not if they're not really tracking, you might need to hang up the phone and call again. But there's somebody out there who will read through the plan description yeah. or the summary document with you, uh, and you might sit on hold for a little bit while they're reading that because I don't think they get these calls real regularly. No, um, but uh, yeah, that's. Actually, I think some of these platforms like Fidelity, you may be able to do this online. Yeah. You, you may be able to verify that, yes, I can do A, B, C, and D, therefore I can do E, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. You might be able to just go ahead and do it online. Here's the other thing. If you have a, a Roth 401k as an option, yeah. you know, a lot, of, a lot of folks have had their 401k for a long time, but, you know, never knew that their plan had changed and now the Roth is an option there's a really safe landing place for that conversion when you're done yeah. with it for that back door. And it um,
0: eliminates the need for an in-service withdrawal. Absolutely. Plan, which, which th- is where things get real dicey. Right. So if, yeah. you've, if you've got a place for that money to land uh, right inside the plan, you can do it all there without opening ex- any external ac- accounts. So what if you
1: can't do the Roth the, or the Mega Roth, but you uh, you like the idea of saving more? What are some other places? Where are some other places we can do? I I, I know we've talked about the this hierarchy of savings. I,
0: yeah. I would do regular backdoor Roth contributions if if you don't qualify for Roths. Uh, Be careful. I would look at yeah. Uh, I would look at HSAs uh-huh. obviously and in investing that, and then after that I would probably just do non tax qualified accounts that yeah. are invested and you have to watch out for short-term and long-term capital gains, but that can be managed. And in a lot of ways, that's advantageous.
1: Yeah. As we go through these gates and we eliminate people who are able to do this, even though they're all in on the idea, it's not the worst thing in the world to stick some money in a non-qualified brokerage account right. if you have to Or
0: you right. could spend it. Sure. Yeah. Buy a bo- you could buy a boat.
1: <laughs> why not? Because <laughs> <laughs> well, they go down in value. on next week's <laughs> episode, we'll talk about why not to buy a boat. Just kidding. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thanks for having a drink with us this week. It's time to close out the tab. If you have a question or a topic that you want addressed on the Old Fashioned Finance Podcast, be sure to email us at speakeasy at oldfashionedfinance.com. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to share the show with someone you love or just someone who needs a little money muddling themselves. You can stay up to date with all of the latest action by following us on Facebook and Instagram, Old Fashioned Finance. Is brought to you by Blue Jay Financial Group. Who had to take a breath, had a breathe. That's BlueJayFG.com and produced by Podesterry Studios. We've been your hosts, Jason and Caleb. Cheese. Scofflaw. Scofflaw. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, buddy. Cheers.
0: Blue Jay Financial Group, LLC, Blue Jay, is a registered investment advisor registered with the state of Ohio. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The presence of this advertisement on this podcast shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction unless otherwise permitted by statute. Follow-up or individualized responses to consumers in a particular state by Blue Jay in the rendering of personalized investment advice for compensation shall not be made without first complying with jurisdiction requirements or pursuant to an applicable state exemption. All verbal and written content on this presentation is for information purposes only. Opinions expressed herein are solely those of Blue Jay unless otherwise specifically cited